Welcome back, everyone, to the House of Hustle podcast here on Sports Radio 810. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Charlie Hustle. Welcome back to all of our listeners. Wishing you all a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday and a Happy New Year as we start a podcast today on really trying to get a state of college basketball as we head into league play, uh, a lot of the local schools closing up non-conference play as we head into the new year. So a lot to cover here on the House of Hustle podcast. We do want to thank our friends at Charlie Hustle. Head over to charliehustle.com to find your new uh, vintage swag. They've had a lot of, actually, they have a holiday hangover sale going on right now in-store and online. Uh, so be be sure to stock up on uh, on all your local uh, items, local teams. Uh, they have $24 t-shirts, $24 off fleeces as well. That's online and in-store. So thank you to our friends over at charliehustle.com. Saw a lot of Charlie Hustle gear uh, actually through through the bowl games. Kansas, Kansas State, congrats to those football programs on bowl wins. Uh, saw a lot of Charlie Hustle gear in the crowd, uh, TV painting the, the crowd and, and seeing a lot of Charlie Hustle gear, a lot of the, the coats, the pullovers. Uh, so be sure to stock up on, on all your team essential uh, t-shirts, sweatshirts, uh, and all your, your vintage fresh gear made fresh at uh, charliehustle.com. A lot to cover on this podcast. It's been a little while. No Stephen St. John on this podcast. He's headed down to Dallas. Uh, we are recording on Friday, so Mizzou football in action tonight in the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State. Uh, looking forward to watching that tonight, but Stephen and his family are down in Dallas uh, enjoying a little bit of a holiday break. Uh, so no Stephen St. John on the pod today. Uh, it'll be a, pretty much a breakdown of, of the state of college basketball, and then we'll get into some of the local schools, and maybe we hit on uh, a little bit of, uh, of the bowl as well to close for Mizzou. So wanted to start uh, just the state of college basketball right now. It's, it's an interesting time just with non-conference wrapping up, uh, a lot of the local schools in action, but also some, some surprises as we head into league play. Uh, I, I do, do want to touch on the contenders, I would say, right now in college basketball, some disappointments around college basketball and then some teams that are dangerous as we head into 2024. Um, it's crazy to think we're through the non-conference portion of the slate. Uh, but let's take a look right now at, at where things stand uh, in men's basketball in terms of, of the rank. I want to start with Purdue, the number one team in the country right now. They're 11-1. and Kansas is ranked second in the country. This according to the ESPN poll, by the way. Uh, Houston, three. Arizona, four. UConn, five. That's a really tough top five. And then Tennessee at six. Kentucky, seven. Illinois at eight, a lot going on right now with Illinois with the Terrence Shannon situation. FAU at nine and Marquette at 10. That's a really solid top 10. Uh, have seen a good amount of these teams in the top 10. Also some teams uh, in the top 15, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Memphis, Colorado State, who played in Kansas City, uh, won the Hall of Fame Classic, beating Creighton. And then Duke at 15, playing a little bit better. Saw Duke and Baylor in New York. Uh, It was a very good matchup, and Duke needed that win to kind of get back on the right track. They've been struggling. Um, But let's talk about Purdue. I do do want to touch on some of the the top teams in college basketball. Um, I I would say Purdue is a a contender, but a lot to uh, prove, as we've seen from Purdue in the NCAA tournament over the last few years. Um, Feels a little bit unfair. Matt Painter's an excellent basketball coach. He's one of the best coaches in the country. Uh, but a team that's got a lot to prove in terms of March Madness. Um, you know, they're the number one team. They're, they're right there at the top in the Big Ten. Big Ten's still a good league, probably not to the level of the Big 12 or the Big East or the SEC, but still a very good league. 
uh, Braden Smith, Zach Eady, the two big guys that uh, are carrying Purdue. Zach Eady, the seven-footer, um, doesn't play like most seven-footers. He's been dominant. He's actually more improved, I think, than he was a year ago. Um, but there are some flashes to, to Purdue that make you excited about what they could possibly be in the NCAA tournament. But there's also those, those holdups, those late-game situations um, where they've had some struggles. Uh, they've had some flashes that have crept back in from last season in terms of being turnover-prone to finish games. We saw that um, against Northwestern. Um, Purdue has given away some, some, some leads in games. That's a little bit of a concern. Um, but you look at, at this team... Um, they got the the win against Arizona, so that was a good good top win for them. Good non conference win. Uh, their next ten days, they got Eastern Kentucky on Friday. Uh, then they start league play at Maryland, and then they host Illinois. That was a really big game in Big Ten play with Purdue facing Illinois. But now Illinois is without Terrence Shannon, uh, who's been suspended. A lot going on there. Um, that is a a huge mark in college basketball right now. What's going to happen with Terrence Shannon um, with his off floor situation? And we'll see what transpires with that but Purdue now that game looks a little different uh, against Illinois Illinois still very good basketball team uh, but some tests ahead for Purdue Big Ten is a a slug to get through that's a a very physical league Um, could Purdue be a contender yes Um, are they probably in my final four right now I still think they have a lot to prove um, just because of their style of play and can that win in March and can that get you to a final four in a national championship game uh, not saying it can't, but Purdue is definitely the team to circle of can they prove it this year? Can they get over the hump? Can they make a run in March for Coach Painter, who I think is a great coach? I think that's the only thing that's really a part of the conversation. He knows it. That team knows it. Um, you know, and hopefully they can get over the over the hump this year. Uh, some surprises, I think, I, I, are, are out there that I, I are, are at the, in the back of my mind teams that could maybe make a run. Uh, I'll start with Oklahoma. Uh, I think they're a team that's that's interesting. Uh, they just lost to North Carolina. It's a good matchup for them uh, in terms of North Carolina being a top 15 team. Uh, but Oklahoma's really interesting because they're a team that uh, is kind of under the radar. They're kind of flying under the radar. But um, a team right now, the Sooners ranked 248, though, in turnover percentage. That's the biggest thing that's holding me up with Oklahoma is turning the ball over. Uh, they have not taken care of the ball, uh, especially against high major competition. They did a, did get a good win at, at home against Providence. Uh, they've taken care of their non-conference slate. Um, really good guard play and a team that has size, but they're more uh, a strength physical at the power forward center position. Uh, Uday, their, their their power forward, has has a lot of good skill around the rim, uh, but a team that Milo Suzan carries that, that team in terms of a point guard play, really good creator. Uh, can handle the ball, can get to spots on the floor and get others involved. Um, Javion McCollum is their best scorer. He's a two-guard, uh, can play the point as well. Um, and they have some really good role players that, that don't know their role, that, that understand how to incorporate uh, in their offense uh, and be effective. Definitely playing off Milo Suzan, who I think is, is their primary ball handler, a great passer, um, and a guy that a lot is on his shoulders in ter- terms, of, terms of taking care of the ball. They need others to do the same. Javion McCollum is a really good scorer. Uh, in the mid-range, he can step out and shoot the three. He can get downhill, get to the rim. Really good scoring guard. Uh, so a team that that is kind of flying under the radar. I would say the Memphis Tigers are another team flying under the radar. Uh, and so much made of Naquan Tomlin, uh, who is a Kansas State transfer. He is now eligibly graduated from Kansas State. Um, really interesting situation there that is off the floor situation with his suspension at, at Kansas State. 
Um, definitely something that was lingering for a while and had been lingering for a few months. We were wondering if we were going to see Naquan Tomlin on the floor, if at all, at Kansas State. Um, we saw how that played out. He ends up transferring after his dismissal, and now he's at Memphis. And Memphis is a 10-2 and team that is a really good team, and adding Naquan Tomlin, uh, who is a double-digit scorer and adds size to what Memphis already has, and that is athleticism, that's length. They have really good point guard play. They're a veteran team. Um, you know, Javion Quinterly uh, is a guy that is a, a, a experienced guard, came from Alabama, and has really scored the ball really well uh, for Memphis, but David Jones is their guy. Um, he is a 25-point-per-game score over the past six games. He's playing at an All-American level. Um, really, really talented scorer, and a guy that plays the wing. He's more of a 2-3, uh, can do a lot of things with the basketball, and can shoot it. Adding Naquan Tomlin brings so much modern-day presence to, to Penny Hardaway's uh, program in terms of being able to play five out, uh, having a guy that can play above the rim, lob threat, rim protector. I mean, any coach in the country would take on Naquan Tomlin in a heartbeat in terms of what he can bring to the floor, um, how he can impact the rim on both ends of the floor. Good athlete, uh, really good shooter, too. He can have streaky moments, but he can shoot the basketball. Really interesting team, the Memphis Tigers. So watch out for them, 10-2. and two. Um, They are playing good basketball. This is the best team uh, Penny's had at Memphis in terms of the guys that he's brought in from the transfer portal. Um, and just mentioned those, but but David Jones is, is playing at a really, really high level. Uh, and I think the defense, the rim protection, and the rebounding definitely takes a jump when you add Naquan Tomlin. And you really need that uh, in March. You need size. You need length. Um, rim protection in any level of basketball, whether it be the pro level or the college level, you really want to have that if you can. Uh, there are ways to get away uh, with it, but if you can have rim protection, rebounding, um, and then a guy that can step out and handle a little bit and make shots, Naquan Tomlin's going to be great for that Memphis Tiger team. So definitely a team to watch for uh, in terms of, of maybe a possible uh, can, a surprise team in there. Um, they're a dangerous, looming team. I think when you look at BYU, Colorado State, Again, two programs that are, again, flying under the radar. Now both those teams are in the top 20. Um, Colorado uh, State is led by Isaiah Stevens, who's a very good point guard, uh, experienced, older player, very good creator, playmaker. He can score it as well. Uh, just really encompassing three-level player that is really a, a big key to Colorado State. Um, they're a good team. Saw them beat Creighton in Kansas City on Thanksgiving Day, and they were excellent. Really good uh, athletic team, too, on the wing. Uh, they got some size, um, but really the, the point guard of, of Isaiah Stevens, he's, he's the guy to watch. Uh, he is a really, really good player, proven, can guard, uh, improved defender. I think that was a big area of his game coming back to school was showing he could defend, showing he could make shots, um, and definitely got to watch for BYU, um, a team that's kind of come out of nowhere in the Big 12. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what BYU does in league play. They've had a good non-conference slate. Um, a team to, to kind of circle as a possible surprise. They're playing good basketball, very good team-oriented um, group. Uh, they play hard. They're a tough team. Um, they, they do things in terms of within their offense, a very good passing team, uh, a team that can get up and down and play with pace, but also a team in the half court that really executes. They don't make mistakes uh, and defensively do a pretty good job, much improved defensive team from a year ago. So a team to definitely watch in BYU. But two teams I want to hit on in terms of being dangerous. I just touched on Memphis. Marquette and Houston are probably the two other teams I circle. Now the thing with with Houston, um, Terrence, Terrence Arsenault's uh, really good wing combo wing 
uh, done for the season, got injured a few weeks back. So he's done for the year. That's a big loss for Houston. They're undefeated. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that their non-conference slate, you would look at and think, well, have they played anybody that's to be more desired in terms of competition? They, they definitely have had some, some good wins, though. Um, and a team that's starting Jawan Roberts, I think he's been dealing with some issues. Um, he's a big part of their team in, in terms of health. They really need him. Uh, Terrence Lowe, Arsenal's lost a, lost his season to an Achilles injury, uh, but a guy that uh, is a healthy, you know, when, when healthy has been really good for, for their team. Um, I think Damian Dunn returning from Temple, um, he's scoring 15-plus points per game over his last three games. He's playing a little bit better. Um, so a, a team to, to look for um, when you look at starting league play, Big 12 play. They got one more non-conference game against Penn, uh, and then they'll play West Virginia to start league play on Saturday. So Houston, well-coached team. We know all about uh, the job that Coach Sampson has done there, uh, but a team to, to really watch for um, in terms of what they could maybe bring to the Big 12, some good non-conference games uh, in terms of wins, in terms of style of play, how they played, really athletic, shooting the ball. You know, it's a team that lost Marcus Sasser from a year ago, who was their best player, best scorer, um, and, you know, a, a guy that was a, a big-time player in terms of being at the forward position that they lost to the draft. Um, so they're, they're missing some players in terms of what they had last year, but playing well, undefeated. Let's see how they look in Big 12 play. Arizona would be another team uh, that I think is dangerous. They're fourth in the country right now. They're 9-2. and two. Um, really a good team. Tommy Lloyd's put together a really good team in the offseason. Caleb Love, I think, is probably the best transfer right now in terms of how he's impacted the game um, as it, from his scoring, more consistent, more efficient, um, really carrying the Wildcats right now, 9-2 and two record. They have a pretty good slate coming up. They play at Cal on Friday, at Stanford on Sunday, uh, and then a good matchup against Colorado on Thursday. So they're right into league play. They look good, though. They've had some good wins. Um, they're a team that's, I think, adding more toughness, more versatility. Uh, their per perimeter defense has gotten so much better. I think it's a big part of, of what makes them who they are is the defensive side of the ball um, has been really good. They contained Alabama's guards when they played them earlier in the year, um, really guarded the perimeter really well. Alabama is a really good three-point shooting team. Uh, so Arizona has been just impressive with how they've won games uh, in terms of the improvement in certain areas that I know Tommy Lloyd really wanted to focus in on. Um, they're a team that, you know, it's definitely someone to watch for, especially out of the Pac-12 um, that could really make some make some noise, uh, especially come March. UConn is is the team to kind of circle here as well, the defending national champions. I want to touch on them for a minute. 11-2 and two record. Um, they're, they're two losses against good teams, uh, one of those being Kansas and Allen Fieldhouse. Um, health is a big thing. Al, uh, right now, Donovan Klingen is dealing with some some issues. He's had been banged up throughout the year. Um, he's a guy to that they, they need to have uh, healthy. Stephen Castle is a, a really talented freshman. He's back from injuries, trying to you know get a, a little bit of a feel and an understanding of his role. Um, missing a lot of the non-conference slate with injury. Very talented kid, um, guy that's probably going to be playing at the next level. Uh, can he you know take a jump forward and, and help this team throughout the season? We know about Alex Caravan, big time shooter. Um, you know he's a guy that they need to get going. Dan Hurley touched on that. He's a, a big time shooter. Uh, they, they're doing a lot with Samson Johnson and Yusef Sangor. They're two bigs with clinging out. Those two guys are getting a lot of run. Um, can they withstand for UConn in the Big East? Big East is a really good league. Uh, we just saw Providence beat Marquette uh, to start Big East play. It was an upset, but you know Providence looks really good under head, head coach Kim English in his first year. It's a really good team. The, the league in, in, in general in the Big East is going to be competitive. It's a tough league. 
a lot of good teams there at the top. Um, and just the league in general, every night's going to be tough in the Big East. It's a really good league. They'll probably get a lot of teams in the tournament, to be honest with you, uh, of just where that league's going. UConn starts with DePaul at home. DePaul's not played well. And then, they, then UConn goes to Butler, and Butler's been a really good, really good team. Uh, Tristan Newton is the guy for UConn. Uh, he is a point guard um, that it can play the two. Uh, he's a very, very good shoot shot maker. He can shoot the three. He's got extended range. Um, and he's just doing more in terms of scoring at the rim, scoring from the mid-range. His passing has been very good. Um, so definitely a team to watch. And then the last team I did want to touch on here to start the podcast is Kentucky. Um, very, very athletic. And getting healthy is is the name of the game right now in league play. Uh, DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, Reed Shepard, those three guys have, have really been good for John Calipari and Kentucky. Um, you know, you look at the way DJ Wagner's played of late. Uh, he's he's really taken a step forward. I think Reed Shepard's probably been the most impressive freshman of the group. And then Rob Dillingham has just some shifty, quick speed with the ball. Um, really, really versatile. Antonio Reeves, a big-time shooter, one of their returners, older player. Uh, so there, there's a lot of pieces there. Uh, they're getting Aaron Bradshaw, a freshman that has been banged up. True seven-footer, rim protector, uh, a true five. They're waiting to see, uh, you know, what he could really bring this team um, because they've they've missed out on him and they're nine and two and they've been pretty banged up. There's a couple other guys that are dealing with um, eligibility that could be a part of this. Um, don't want to talk about them just yet because there's still so much to be weeded through in terms of if they're even going to play this year. But getting healthy at the right time is the Kentucky Wildcats, and they're adding in a really talented freshman in Aaron Bradshaw. They're young. Uh, we know what youth can mean sometimes in March, but this Kentucky team is dangerous. They got a lot of scoring. They got a lot of firepower. They can play fast. They're athletic. They're long. They got some returners and older players that have been around um, that are really helping carry them. So it's a perfect balance for John Calipari's team, and they're deep. They can go 9-10 guys if they want to, uh, and depth is always important when you hit March, and Kentucky's going to be right there in that conversation. They're ranked 7th in the country. Uh, I wouldn't call them a surprise because I, I think coming into it, we knew that they were going to be talented, but Kentucky's had talented teams in the past, and what will this team look like is, is kind of the question going into it. And I've been impressed with just how they've, they've been able to handle a lot of the expectations that come with playing at Kentucky um, SEC is going to be a good league. Tennessee's in this league. That's really good. I know Alabama's been kind of up and down, but they're always dangerous. They're always a well-coached program, a re really good team uh, to watch for. Um, and let's see how it shakes out with Kentucky in, in league play. Like with all these schools, league play can be a challenge, um, and, and we'll see what, what that brings for Kentucky. Some disappointments, uh, some teams that you know might not be operating on, on full cylinders, and that would be Michigan State for one. Michigan State was a top five preseason ranked team. Um, they've really gone through it in terms of just struggling on offense and had a lot of returners, uh, had two really talented freshmen coming in, Cohen Carr, uh, for one, one of the best athletes uh, in the Big Ten, one of the best athletes in college basketball as a freshman. Um, a lot of expectations on Michigan State coming into the year, and, and they got off to a really, really slow start, um, losing some, some non-conference games and conference games that they really shouldn't be losing. Um, trying to find themselves. I think it's a big challenge for Tom Izzo and his staff of trying to get this team back on the right track. Um, it's not early anymore as we're getting into league play, and the Big Ten is going to be a, a force um, for Michigan State in terms of scoring the ball because it's just such a tough physical league. Uh, but can Michigan State you know, get through this, this, this uh, funk they're in, I, I guess is how I would say it. Um, let's see where they're at come you know, February, if they can start getting on a run. They had a good, good win against Baylor in Detroit. 
Um, that was sort of the the kickstart, hopefully, to what they're, they're wanting in terms of more consistent play from their older guards. Um, Malik, uh, Malik Hall, who's a returning forward, uh, he's not really done, I think, what the staff wanted coming into the year, uh, trying to get a little bit more out of him in terms of his production, rebounding the ball, scoring the ball. Uh, so Michigan State, a little bit of a disappointment. Um, Arkansas and Creighton are teams that I, I thought about putting in this category, but they, they've had some good wins too. Creighton's a, a legit contender in terms of, you know, if, they, if they're playing at their best, if they're making shots, they're as dangerous as anybody. Uh, and especially in the Big East, as I just touched on, it's a tough league. Creighton's right there at the top of it. Uh, Creighton's had some, had some tough losses, um, had a tough overtime loss to Villanova. Baylor Shireman, uh, Trey Alexander, Ryan Kalkbrenner, those three guys, Stephen Ashworth, the transfer uh, from Utah State, they, they, they have a, a really good core nucleus. Mason Miller is a very athletic forward that's starting for them now. Um, we'll see where Creighton is come come league play or excuse me, come end of league play into into the NCAA tournament. They had a great run last year in the tournament. I don't see how they get fall off if they're healthy um, and they're playing their best basketball. Their modern day offense. They value the three-point shot. They value spacing. They have a big in Ryan Colkburn that can be a force. They have versatile shooting uh, in Baylor Shireman, who's a great rebounding wing. Trey Alexander has the ball in his hands more. Uh, he's playing the one and the two. He's more of a playmaker this year. He's had some ups and downs, but still very talented player, really good defender, Trey Alexander. So Creighton's a good team. And then Eric Musselman's Arkansas Razorbacks. They've had a couple tough losses, um, but again, a team that's athletic. They have some talent. They're long. Uh, let's see how they fare in the SEC. There's still more to be desired with Arkansas. Um, and I think they're a team that was kind of an unknown coming in. They were you know, preseason ranked top 20. They've had some tough losses. Uh, record probably doesn't reflect the, the roster that they have. Um, but in the SEC, it'll be a tough league. And you know, there, there's still more to come from Eric Musselman's group. So kind of a, a question mark right now with those two programs. Let's dive into the local schools real quick because I, I want to hit on Kansas because Kansas obviously is a contender up there with Kentucky and, and Connecticut and Arizona and, and some of these teams we've hit on. Um, Kevin McCullers playing at an All-American level. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, Hunter Dickinson probably is in the same conversation. Both these guys could probably be candidates for Player of the Year, I would think. But Kevin McCullers is, is playing uh, as good as, as you can play and very much following the the lead that Jalen Wilson left, Ochai Baji left, where you know, you're a returner, older player, you've had success, and now it's your team, and that's been Kevin McCullers. Hunter Dickinson is a transfer. Uh, we, we knew what we were going to see with Hunter Dickinson in terms of he was going to be a rebounding machine. We knew how good he was around the rim. Uh, he was a great college big at Michigan. Same thing goes at, at Kansas. Doing a little bit more in terms of hopefully shooting the ball. Um, you know, Shooting the three I think is important for, for Kansas just because you know, they don't have that knockdown three-point shooter like Grady Dick or like Ochai Agbaji or, or you know Christian Brown was a good serviceable you know shot maker when you when you needed him to be a shot maker they they need guys to step up and make threes Hunter can make threes Kevin McCuller shot the ball much better from three um, you know Johnny Furphy off the bench they're, they're looking for more from Marco Jackson who's had some good games uh, played well against Indiana um, you look at Dewan and KJ, those are kind of the staples of, of your, your glue guys, your guys that you're kind of your unsung heroes that have really been good in Kansas's wins. Um, the UConn win definitely jumps out. Um, that was a, a really good win at home where KJ Adams uh, was excellent. Um, the Indiana game, Hunter Dickinson takes over late, struggled for much of that game, and then ends up closing the game out and winning the game for Kansas. So 
Um, a team that, you know, look, they, they've got good wins, right? They beat Kentucky, they beat Tennessee, they beat UConn, they went to Indiana and won and, and were down 10 in the second half. Their only loss is to Marquette, and Marquette's a top 10 team uh, and a very good team, very athletic team. I like this Kansas team. The question mark around them will be three-point shooting and depth. I think those are the two areas. Um, we've talked about depth before with this Kansas team last year, and, and I think it did you know, come back to bite them in March. Um, can Nick Timberlake, can Johnny Furphy, um, you know, can Brown come off the bench and give this team a, le- a, a lift and help this team? There's a lot to, to think about um, with this Kansas team uh, moving forward into the league play. They should be the favorite in the Big 12. I think Kevin McCuller has a chance to be Big 12 player of the year for sure. It's a tough, tough league. Um, Big 12 is going to be no job. We're in Big 12 country here in Kansas City. Um, and the teams that are coming into the league are going to make this league a lot of fun. Baylor will be there. Texas will be there. Those are really good teams in, in the league. But then we just touched on Houston. Uh, we just touched on Oklahoma. Um, those teams are, are very good teams. BYU, definitely a sleeper team that I think could, could cause some, some, some problems maybe for some teams, pull some upsets here and there. Um, that, that, to me, that to me is the, the, the most appealing thing about Kansas is they've already been battle-tested in non-conference play and have withstood uh, and come out on the other end with just one loss um, and had some, some, you know, some good games on their schedule and, and come through and, and in typical Bill Cell fashion have shown their toughness, have shown their ability to close, um, have showed their ability to win close games in crunch time. The UConn game really jumps out when they were down, came back, and won a game. Um, so a team that will be right there contending in March, but can they get over the hump? Can they get to the second weekend? Can they get to a final four? I think it's going to come down to, can the bench give them a lift? And then can Kevin McCuller, Hunter Dickinson, Dewan, KJ, and Almarco, can they be great, uh, through league play and through March? Um, health is going to be important, keeping these guys healthy, but a lot of these guys are playing a lot of minutes. Uh, so something to watch for as Kansas goes into league play, but, uh, a very good team, um, and to me, you got a great point guard in Dewan Harris. You got a great wing, All American wing in Kevin McCuller, and you got an All American big. You'll take that. Those three pieces are so huge in putting a basketball team together. Um, yes, depth is very important in March. Uh, old wins in March, as they say. They got older, experienced players. El Marco, although a freshman, although he's had some some ups and downs, a very athletic defensive guard. Uh, that really does his job, and that's why he plays. That's why he starts. Um, that's why he is an impact because he can guard and he's switchable. So a lot to like about this Kansas team. Let's shift gears and, and talk about Kansas State. Um, you know, so much about Naquan Tomlin leaving. I, I think that is definitely the hot topic for for Kansas State fans with this basketball program. Uh, they're not in three right now, and they've they've had you know a, a, ba- a couple bad losses. I would say uh, the Nebraska one will probably jump out to uh, to K State fans. They struggled in that game. They were 4 of 30 from 3. They were out-rebounded by 20. They shot 26% from the field. Uh, so probably the worst loss that they've had is, is the Nebraska game. Um, it is a Tyler Perry-Arthur Kaluma team now. Um, I think Cam Carter, David Negesson are your third and fourth options. And, and David Negesson and Cam Carter, those, those roles elevate. And really everybody's role elevates uh, when you lose Naquan Tomlin. I think that was sort of the unknown of this Kansas State team is you were sort of waiting for Naquan Tomlin to come back to see what Kansas State could be uh, as they move forward with Naquan Tomlin as, as a five, as a guy that had size, that could impact the game from three, that could block shots, that could dunk balls. And now you, you're mo- losing that, especially the pick-and-roll game. 
I think that's something you, I was really curious to see how that would work with Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry probably hasn't shot it as well as, as you would hope. Tyler Perry's a big-time scorer. He's an undersized guard, but he can really score it. He can really shoot it, and he's had some inconsistencies, uh, but still one of the best players on this Kansas State team. There is some, some talk now with, with, with Data Ames, their, their freshman point guard. Um, you know, where, where, how can he you know, maybe imp- implement himself um, at the point guard position and move maybe Tyler off the ball a little bit? Arthur Kaluma um, has had some good moments. I think you're looking for more consistency uh, out of Arthur Kaluma. That would be the biggest thing that, that jumps out. Arthur is a, you know, a, a forward that can that mostly plays on the perimeter, um, straight line driver. Got to take care of the basketball um, is the biggest thing. Not turn the ball over, make threes, um, and really kind of take pressure off of Tyler Perry. Cam Carter, um, to me. You know, the, the shot making and the efficiency around the rim can be up and down, but he's got to stay aggressive. He's averaging 16 points a game, you know, and he really needs to play and play at a high level and stay aggressive at all times. I think Cam's more of a defensive minded guard. Uh, he thinks about that end probably more than he does the offensive end. And on the offensive end, he's much more of a slasher. Like when he's at his best, he's downhill, he's attacking, he's playing off the ball and showing more as a cutter. Because uh, he's a really good cutter, really good athlete. Uh, if if a defender turns his head or if he can get behind guys, uh, he's a very good cutter and can get himself involved uh, around the rim. I just touched on Data Ames, the freshman. They're also playing Michaela Mal- Rich, uh, who is a freshman. I'm really curious about this kid. He's a six seven freshman from East St. Louis. He's getting some good rotation minutes. I just touched on guys' roles elevating. It's going to be an opportunity for young players uh, to really implement themselves into this this offense um, and into this this team. Um, you know, you look at where right now Will McNair is is playing 21 minutes, David Neges in 28, Day Day's 24 minutes. Um, Michaela Rich is probably around 14 minutes a game. Um, what does that look like in terms of is that going to be elevated in the league play? Can he continue to play at a consistent level? Uh, really good size, really good versatility defensively, um, and has, has given them some good minutes. So I, I think with Kansas State, uh, a team to, to keep an eye on. Uh, Big 12 is going to be tough, but c- can they find that next gear now that the Naquan Tomlin situation um, we'll, we'll see if some other guys implement themselves in terms of what, what minutes might change. Um, there is some possibility of, um, you know, it, it can, can guys that, that haven't been playing a lot, can they step into those roles and help Kansas State, you know, get to that next level? Because Naquan Tomlin's not going to be there, and now, now roles change. Arthur Kaluma's definitely going to be your four, probably play some three. Um, you could play, be, possibly play some small ball lineups. Um, so that, that Kansas State staff is, is a, a very good staff. They'll figure this out. Um, they, they found ways to win tough games. Saw them beat uh, Villanova in overtime at home. It was a great game. Uh, they've had some overtime wins. They're still undefeated um, at home. Or excuse me, undefeated in overtime games uh, is Kansas State, uh, which I think is a real testament to, to that coaching staff uh, and to those players that they've weathered the storm. They're 9-3 and three, with a lot that's been sort of lingering um, over this team uh, over the last few months. So a team that, you know, should, should be taken uh, into, in, in serious, you know, conversation right now in terms of being 9-3 and three, uh, and can they get over that hump. Creighton's 9-3. and three. So, you know, you look at teams right now that are right there in the mix. Can Kansas State be an NCAA tournament team? Absolutely they can, um, but a lot to be desired here as we get into league play, um, and we'll see how that fares for Kansas State. Let's talk Mizzou. Um, you know, a team that, Again, NCAA tournament berth last year. Uh, we've talked about them uh, over the last you know few months of what they've lost. Uh, they lost two NBA players. Um, they lost those those group of seniors that moved on. Um, 
right now Dennis Gates team struggling. They are, they're on a three game losing streak. They're seven and five on the season. There's still issues with rebounding. There's still issues with the free throw line uh, in terms of making free throws and just getting to the free throw line. I think it's been a little bit of a struggle for them. But most importantly, I think the biggest concern, especially over the last three games, is their defense. The last two games they've given up over ninety um, to Seton Hall in Illinois. They've been pretty bad defensively. Sean East is their best player, big-time scorer, probably one of the more improved guards in the SEC. He's been excellent. Um, been really fun to watch his evolution just at Mizzou over the last couple of years. He's in a totally different role. Uh, played really well against Kansas. Uh, Seton Hall, actually, he, he had a quiet, good game. He, I, I thought it was probably one of the worst games he had of the year, and he ended up having a great stat line and had some big moments in the second half um, and has really just been the most consistent, reliable piece to Dennis Gates' team this year. I think that's something that the staff is is really looking at for Mizzou is is really what what rotations do they have? What what does it look like um, come SEC play with some of these guys like like Trent Pierce, like Jordan Butler, like Anthony Robinson? Where do those three freshmen fit in? Because I think it's important for those three freshmen to play. Um, they have shown flashes, all three of them. Uh, I, Anthony Robinson's probably gotten more time than all three of them. Um, he's been great. He, he knows his role. He defends. He's long. He's athletic. He's smart. He's going to be a really good point guard. He's kind of looking after, you know, Sean East kind of in his his shadow a little bit. Um, Nick Honor as well. Uh, those are two older guys that are kind of showing him the way. Jordan Butler's a true seven-footer. He's made mistakes. He's a freshman. He's going to do that. Um, he's, he's raw in some areas, but I like what his potential is. I like what the ceiling is. Uh, he shows he can shoot it. He can step out. I think that benefits Dennis Gates' system really well. Uh, he can rim protect. Uh, there, there's definitely some some processing the games fast for him, uh, trying to slow that down as best as possible. Um, but I really like his just mobility. Uh, he is definitely more, you know, moves better defensively. Uh, he's a little bit more athletic um, in terms of being able to move than Connor Vanover is. Uh, he can protect the rim more, uh, and and he will have mistakes. There's no question. And he's got to rebound the ball. Uh, that's the big message. Probably Dennis Gates is is saying to him, if you want to play, you got to rebound, especially if you're a seven footer. Uh, because it's just such an issue with this. They have to rebound the ball, and they're still struggling in that area. Trent Pierce got his first start uh, against Illinois. He played a few minutes in the Seton Hall game late and had eight points in what felt like three or four minutes. I mean, he came in and gave a lift. He's got great size. He can really shoot it. I really like Trent Pierce, um, and I, I think just more confidence is is the big key and just dialing up the motor a little bit, playing a little bit more uh, urgent on both ends of the floor, and obviously the, the defensive side of the ball is so important. Uh, I think that's what Coach Gates is probably not just struggling with, but trying to figure out is who's going to guard and who can I trust on both ends of the floor. It's just, it seems like those rotations are a little bit all over the place right now of, of trying to, you know, press the right buttons. And it's just been up and down from a consistency standpoint. Um, the biggest struggle too for, for Mizzou offensively is they're trying to find Noah Carter um, in terms of him playing a little bit better. He's struggled. There's no question about it. And Noah is a huge part of this team going into the year of just hopefully taking that next jump and being a reliable stretch big uh, Mizzou's going to be undersized with him on the floor, but Noah's skill set, he can shoot it, uh, he can put the ball on the floor, he can rebound, he can score in the block on mismatches, and he's really struggled probably over the last three or four games, uh, really struggling with consistency. Also struggling, I think, with his confidence a little bit. Um, so Noah Carter is is someone that probably when you look at this Mizzou team, 7-5, and five, in those losses, Noah's not played probably up to the, the standard that he's capable of playing at. Um, and he's an older player, he's an experienced player, 
Mizzou fans know what Noah Carter can bring them. We saw what Noah Carter can do. We saw it in the Princeton game in the NCAA tournament a year ago. He was so good in that game when Mizzou lost to, to end their season. So Noah's fully capable, and I think that's something that this this team really needs is him to, to take a step forward. Same with Nick Honor. Um, Nick's got to stick threes. He's got to be able to shoot the ball, stretch the defense. Um, you know, I know he likes to put the ball on the floor and get to the paint, but his best weapon is is shooting. And if it's a deep three, he's got that range. Um, I'm, I'm sure the coaching staff would live with that if it's a good shot. Let's see also what, what's to come with Caleb Grill. Uh, he's been banged up and injured. Not good timing when you're playing against you know Illinois and Seton Hall and Kansas and you don't have Caleb Grill, who is a veteran, older, experienced guard that's your best rebounder and a three-point shooter. You're taking shooting and rebounding off the floor, and that's something that this team needs. John Tanji... Um, Really up and down in terms of John Tanji. I think he is healthy, um, but in terms of his minutes, they're a little bit all over the place. Um, there's games where he gets thrown in early in the first half, and um, I, I think to the defensive side of the ball, the rebounding uh, big area for John Tanji, who is a, a very good transfer that was sought out in the transfer portal and the transfer market. Uh, and really, I think Mizzou is still trying to figure out what John Tanji can bring this team. Um, and the same thing goes for Connor Vanover, who is a seven-five. Big. We all know about Connor's size, uh, but what can he bring this team when he steps on the floor, particularly on defense with his size? Can he rim protect? Can he rebound? Can he move his feet and be an impact around the rim? Um, Jordan Butler, I think, has been a little bit better in that area, but can John Tanji, Connor Vanover, can they find something for this team? Um, and Caleb Grill hopefully getting healthy as they start SEC play. So Mizzou 7-5. and five. They have Central Arkansas on Saturday, uh, and then they get ready for league play. So a lot, to, a lot going on in college basketball. Uh, there's some good games ahead. Uh, when you look ahead into January as league play starts, it starts quick. The Big 12 is is going to be a great league to watch. I think the SEC is going to be a lot of fun as well with some some teams right in the middle of the pack. We didn't even talk about Auburn. Auburn's really talented. Um, they could maybe make some noise uh, in the SEC. Ole Miss is in the top 25 now. Matt Morell is a returner. Really good score. Chris Beard as a, as a first-year head coach at Ole Miss. There's the Ole Miss Rebels, Chris Beard, uh, familiar foe for for Big 12 fans. We'll see uh, what what takes place um, there in the SEC. Should be really competitive. And then the Big East, uh, you know, Creighton right up the road here from Kansas City, just about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Creighton's a fun team, and Coach McDermott is a great coach. Um, they're a modern-day offense. Big East is going to be super competitive. Um, and that Big 3 core that Baylor, or that in terms of Baylor, Shireman, Trey Alexander, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Cray- Creighton's got a, a real chance to get back to the tournament and make a run if they stay healthy um, and if they kind of fight through some of these these non-conference losses. They've, they've In those three losses, they really haven't shot the ball that well uh, and really not played to the standard that they're, they're capable of playing at. So Creighton, very dangerous team. Um, and then you look at Kansas and Kansas State and the Big 12 here locally, um, you know, something that is something to watch for, just a, a really competitive league uh, season ahead for, for both Kansas and Kansas State in the Big 12. So with that being said, I do want to list our House of Hustler, our Hustler of the Month. Uh, we haven't done the Hustler of the Month yet this year. I'll call it AKA the Hustler of the non-conference portion. I'm going to give it to Kevin McCuller. Uh, I don't know how you can't. Kevin McCuller... Um, I know he's a local player, and we kind of look around the country, but Kevin McCuller, as a returner, uh, has been probably one of the best returners in the country. Uh, he has been excellent for Kansas and really playing at a high level, best basketball he's played in college. Um, you know, it's a guy that went through the draft process a year ago, returned to Kansas, uh, older player that has taken his game to another level and kind of fulfilled that Jalen Wilson role. But Kevin McCuller plays relentlessly hard all the time. He's always been that way. He was that way last year for that Kansas team. Um, Relentless motor, competitive, tough, great leader, vocal. 
He's everything you would want on the floor if you're a coach. Bill Self's got to love this guy uh, and just what he brings his team. A versatile defender, can guard multiple positions, shooting the ball so much better than he has in the past, um, rebounding the ball at a high level, getting the free throw line, playing aggressive downhill in transition, and just being aggressive in all to find his, his offense, um, I think has been the, the biggest issue, biggest piece of, of, of really what, what Kevin McCuller um, has really brought this uh, this Kansas team. So our House of Hustle, hustler of the non-conference slate, um, we got to give it to to Kevin McCuller. Be prepared for what's to come here on the House of Hustle podcast. We might be uh, getting Sophie Cunningham for an interview here in the coming weeks. Really uh, excited about it. We've been trying to schedule Sophie over the last probably month and a half. It's been an ongoing um, with her schedule and with uh, my, my schedule, Steven's schedule. Uh, we're trying to get that locked down, but we should have Sophie Cunningham uh, for an interview coming up um, here in the next few weeks. Mizzou football, good luck to the Mizzou football program uh, as they take on Ohio State tonight. Uh, I'm very excited to see this matchup. Kansas, Kansas State have already won their bowl games, uh, so that's exciting. That You could definitely tell with Kansas and Kansas State a lot to play for in both those bowl games, so congrats to, to Kansas and Kansas State for, for great seasons and then capping those off with bowl wins. Let's see if Mizzou can do that tonight. So for, for myself, Jared Sutton, I uh, know Stephen St. John. I know he's listening and watching, um, but for now, um, remember folks, Kansas City is for hustlers.